Thank you for listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help you win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, come and see us and join the Passion Church family. Visit our Facebook page or our website at passionchurchmo.com to find out more about us. You have your Bible, turn with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Uh, if you're looking for that, it's right after 1 Corinthians. My Bible, it's eight, page 1892, all right, just in case. Might help you there. I'm going to turn everybody in this room into a pirate for a moment. I want to send you tonight as if you're a pirate on a treasure hunt. Just real quickly, I want you to look around this room. I want you to pick out the thing that you think is worth the most in this room. And with your finger, just trace an X on it. You can get up and do it if you need to. If you need to go touch something in the room, just get up and do it. If you, if you want to just, but just trace it out real quickly of the most value. Before we read the scripture, let me just say this. Treasure hunters are always scouring the earth to look for treasures and relics that are left by previous civilizations. But their greatest treasure in the whole universe is where? That's good. I heard crickets. I think the crickets even moved out. The word, that's good. Anybody else got an idea? Yeah. Heaven. Anybody else? The greatest treasure in the whole universe. In our heart, Jesus, good. I want to share with you something that I hope will bring excitement to you. I've taught along this, this line before. But the greatest treasure in the whole universe, take your finger and mark an X right along you. Mm. Wealth beyond imagination so immense that it, 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 its reserves can never be exhausted, never completely dug up, explored, discovered, or discerned. A spiritual asset beyond your wildest imagination is found in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, the seventh verse. Look at this. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Here's how it reads in the Amplified. However, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel, in frail human vessels of earth, that the grandeur and the exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not we ourselves. Let me share with you real quickly the context of what's being taught here. <sighs> Paul is teaching us 
he's talking to the Corinthians and he's straightening out doctrinal error in the church because sin has crept in the door. How many know sin can get in the church? He's teaching them that, look, we have brought this unadulterated message to you. And we did it through beatings and trials and mockeries and stonings. We have worked hard to get it to you. We have brought you the most immeasurable treasure that the world could ever fathom. If the kings of the kingdoms of the earth ever get a hold of this uh, understanding, they would give the treasures that they hold in storehouses, the gold and the silver, to understand the vast, immense wealth that we're bringing to you to help you, church. This is the context in which Paul is teaching when he gets to this verse. He's actually speaking of himself and the entourage that traveled with him. But in giving this, us this picture, he's telling us who we are in Christ. This word treasure, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That word treasure is the word thesaros. And thesaros is, means treasure or treasure chamber. A treasury, a place of safekeeping where riches and fortunes are kept. Did you catch that? The idea is there is a special built room designed to be the repository for massive riches and wealth. Paul is using this word and cluing us into the fact that we, the believers, possess riches beyond belief. We are the repository or chamber of great wealth. We have already the wealth greater than any wealth in the world. For everything Christ is, you are because of his righteousness in you. You've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus when you came to know him and you signed a covenant contract with him that you would live your life for him. And he placed in you a vast treasure trove of his wealth and built a special room in you for the housing of this great treasure. Look at your neighbor and say, I did not know you were this rich. <laughs> the two word... Uh, <laughs> How do I say this? There's two words just before it says, we have this treasure. Those two words we have are one Greek word, and it is, it is echomon. And echomon means already. We already have this vast, enormous treasure trove of wealth locked away in a special built chamber. A special built chamber. Look at your neighbor and say, I always knew there was something special about you. Oh, come on now. 
You're a special built treasure room. Think about that. But there's always a big but right in the middle of just when you're getting going good. <laughs> but this treasure is contained in earthen vessels. Earthen vessels is the word, this is a hard word, ostrakonos, ostrakonos. And ostrakonos, get, get, get ready. Has anybody here got low self-esteem? Because if you do, put your fingers in your ears, because this could mess you up for a minute, for just a minute, just for a moment. Look at this. Ostrakonos means small, cheap, easily broken, a pottery of inferior materials. This kind of pottery in biblical times is so weak and fragile that it's valueless. Bargain basement. Anyone ever shopped at the Dollar Tree? Don't you love giving a dollar for that plastic thing that doesn't even make it home? Bargain basement vessels. This kind of pottery, I'll get it out, is only afforded by the lower class of biblical society. Paul is building for us a picture. This word in biblical society was used for anything inferior, low-grade, mediocre, shoddy, second-rate, or substandard. How are you feeling about your little room right now? You okay? The word ostracanus is where we also get uh, the word to ostracize. And when someone has been ostracized, a person who's been ostracized is considered substandard or unfit, or people who've been cut out of the group. Yet Paul is painting for us the picture of the power of grace. The picture of the power of grace. Think about this. That God would reach not to the top of the stack, but he would reach to the bottom, lowest rung of the pile of humanity to look for something to place his treasure in. Jesus came and did it right, and he understood that we can't. But he reached. He reached down for me. Jesus reached down for you. He reached down for you. I'm going to let that sink in for just a moment. Sometimes silence is good. Think about that. How many of you felt like a mess when you came to the Lord? How many know the truth was you really were a mess when you came to the Lord? Huh? How many tried to do it right on your own? How many found out that don't work very well? And no matter how good I am, the Bible says that my righteousness, Stephanie, is nothing but filthy rags. The best that I can be. Clean me up, shine me up, polish me. The best. 
that I can be. The best that I can be. In God's sight is but filthy rags. So, Paul is letting us understand something here. He's saying God built a special place to put the greatest treasure of all. We think of it as in heaven, streets of purest gold, gates made of single pearls. There's 12 of them. One single pearl, and it's the entrance into the city. That's just hard to fathom. There are, is it nine? No, there's 12 layers of foundation, each one of them a precious stone that this, the whole of heaven's new Jerusalem sits upon. Over the throne of God is a rainbow, a reminder that he will never judge man and annihilate the earth the way that he did in Noah's day. Beside him is the throne of his son, and guess who gets to sit in it with him? And so he's teaching us what the grace of God really looks like. Because God has no problem to reach to the bottom of the pile to retrieve a substandard, cheaply made, ostracized individual. Now this won't preach real well in some churches today because we're all about self-help and looking good and being good and having great self-esteem. But the truth is, without Christ, I can do nothing. But with Christ, all things are possible. So here's what I want you to get tonight. <laughs> There's so much more, but I don't have time. Here's what I want you to see. God wants to build a place to put an inexhaustible, enormous wealth too vast to even fathom. And he wants to place that treasure in you. So if you're going to mark an X tonight, mark it across your person. Because you are the treasure chest of the Heavenly Father. Paul paints for us that this is a joyful thing to have God's treasure in you. That this frail body that is subject to sickness and exposure and dehydration and starvation and pressure and overwork and injury and mental and emotional breakdown that as weak as it may seem, as cheap as it may look, God values it and won't do without it. Let me share one more thing with you. God wants to put his treasure in you. He wants to help you. He wants to build you up, and he wants to place this treasure in you just so he can 
go na 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 in the face of your enemy. What you came to destroy, Satan, is exactly who I'm going to use in my purposes and my plans in the here and the now of the earth. I'm going to use those that other people bypass. I'm going to use those who other people uh, would ostracize and exclude from their company. When I met Pastor Colleen, we were polar opposites. She was coming out of the party world, and I was just a jacked up, messed up Christian. Christians can be messed up, trust me. And when we got together, everyone that saw our union was scared to death what a mess this is going to be. But look at this. What looked like it shouldn't have worked and in all reality should not have worked. We were in polar universes, nothing alike. But when she wore that leopard dress, I'm like, <laughs> I found the treasure real quick. <laughs> but there was something about her belief in me that made me think this is right. And we got married, and it, it really probably wasn't right. But how many understand God can bring beauty right up out of ashes? And he can make wonderful stories out of the absolute greatest tragedy of life. That's why momentary little problems don't get hung up because someone made a mistake. No, get in behind them, lift them up, give them a shoulder, give them encouragement, help them to the next place. God God is doing great things because of weakened humanity. We were weakened in the garden when we switched our allegiance from God to the pseudo-God of this world. And you and I are the target of God, the treasure chest, the one that he places all of the power of Christ Jesus in through the Ruach HaKodesh or the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one called alongside. Inside of you is everything Jesus brought to the earth. And the right and the passage to enter into one of those gates of pearl, to walk to the throne of the Messiah and to set seated with him in heavenly places. You are a not only a king's kid, you are a king. Yeah, ladies, you too. We're mankind. We're a king. He's the Jesus is the king of kings, but we will rule and reign with him. That's how important you are. If the kings of this earth ever understood who you are, they wouldn't try to stamp us all out. They'd join our party. Yeah. 
But political parties want to stamp us out. Political parties want to shut us up. Dictatorships want to shut up the church because Satan is in charge of their world. And he hates God and he hates you because you look like God. And he really hates you if you know the Lord Jesus Christ because his kingdom is in danger because you're walking around with the vast treasure of heaven wrapped up inside of you. You are God's treasure chest. Can you say amen to that? So, although you may feel inferior and weak, and others may see you as ostracized and not a part of the group, here's what I say to anyone else and what they think. This is very profound. Are you ready? Because God sees you as the only place he trusts to put his treasure. His opinion is the only one that counts. And let me finish with this. Your opinion needs to line up with his. Stop thinking of yourself as a can't do and start thinking of yourself as I've already done. For whatever Christ has called me to do, he's already equipped me. It's as good as done. All I've got to do is stay the course. And this is what Paul is telling this group of believers. He's saying we fought through all kinds of things to get this invaluable treasure to you. So valuable is what we're telling you that it will change the world and turn it upside down if you'll get a hold of it. It'll eradicate the things in your life that are holding you down and bending you down and telling you that you're not worthy. If God deems you worthy, you are worthy. Can you say amen to that? Father, we thank you tonight for your precious word. We thank you tonight, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, tonight that we are the treasure chest, Father, that you have deemed worthy. We thank you tonight, Father, that you love us and you care for us and you long after us and you thirst to help us. Father, we believe you. We trust you. We ask you, Father, tonight that as you look upon us, Father, help us to see through your eyes the treasure that lies within Help us, Father, not to downplay ourselves or to give in to weakness. Even though, Father, we live in a frail human body that is subject to things around it, Father, the treasure that is on the inside, Father, is invaluable. It is so powerful that you cannot calculate its worth. Father, that that what we carry around in our personage, Father, can literally set another person free from the bondages of sin and death. Father, we are children of the Most High God, children of the King of Kings. Father, we are a king. We are ruling and reigning over our own territory, Father, keeping our lives in check and our heart in tune. Tonight, Father, I pray, Father, that anyone in this place, Father, who sees themselves as ostracized or shut out or not worthy or have deemed themselves a person beyond redemption. 
that tonight they would understand that God gets his greatest pleasure out of making success stories, out of broken hearts, broken lives, broken testimonies. God gets his greatest joy out of raising someone from the bottom of the pile to kingship. God's greatest joy is to set in order in our lives his great mercy and his kindness and his tenderness and his mercy. God's greatest joy is to empower us with the personage of the Holy Spirit. to give us the power to walk with him to the end of our journey, to change our world as we go. Father, I pray that tonight you'll leave in this room the understanding that God never makes a mistake when he chooses us. And help us, Father, to take serious the calling that God has placed upon our life. To not live, Father, putting his name to some open shame and pretending, playing a hypocritical game in his name, using his name and dishonoring him. But it's my cry tonight, Father, that every one of us will understand that if God has deemed us worthy, then we can be worthy. All we have to do is let God be God in our life. We're so glad you listened to this message today. Our goal is to bring hope, encouragement, and help you win, all while building God's kingdom. At Passion Church, we believe in community. If you would like to partner with us in prayer or giving, then send us a message on Facebook or through our website at passionchurchmo.com. We'd love to hear how God is impacting your life through this ministry.